Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Your host, Gregorio Leone, will have smart discussion with experts, thought leaders and friends on customer experience, transformation, innovation and leadership. I hope you will enjoy the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, today it's really a big, big pleasure. I am thrilled to have Claire Mascot with me. She did a great job in the last few months, few years with women in CX, and now she's here on the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Thank you very much, Claire, for finding time to have a chat with me. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me, Greg. It's great to be here. Thank you very much. How are you? Everything fine on your side? Yeah, yeah, pretty tired actually. Running a startup is exhausting, as I've discovered, but <laughs> but very happy nonetheless. Thank you very much. And as usual, I start my podcast asking my guests guests to introduce themselves because then it's easier and you can really explain what 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 you like and not me reading through all your uh, curriculum vitae. Uh, Claire, could you please introduce yourself? Sure. So I'm presently the founder and CEO of the world's first online membership community for women in customer experience called Women in CX. But my career very much started at grassroots on the shop floor, so to speak, initially as a waitress working in the hospitality industry. I worked from the age of 15 throughout my university degrees and my master's. Um, I was very fortunate to be offered a graduate scheme after I graduated and was running my own hotel and restaurant as a general manager at 23. But I think that was a pivotal part in me developing and shaping my career in CX because my operational grounding, I understood how business worked, having run my own PL, but I also had a lot of frontline experience with customers and frontline employees as well. So um, and I did my first customer experience type roles they were very much in things like data and analytics measurement reporting insight moved from there into more of the marketing proposition perspective i'm thinking about brand standards and things like brand audits mystery shoppers how we can ensure our brands are consistent while i was working for whitbread and i took my first customer experience manager role with the actual title looking back thinking oh my god i've been doing the same thing for years but i just didn't know what it was called Um, it actually had a B2B organization, Compass Group, which is a global brand. And that was very much in the service provision, service provision market for hospitality and soft services in FM. Um, and I had an amazing time there developing this model for customer experience that started with really listening to the employees, fixing operational challenges, moving into like engaging groups of employees to have these like whole scale launch events where we were going to transform the culture within these uh, these businesses um, and right the way through to redesigning the experience for the customer based on insights, background to measurement, got a whole load of people stuff around uh, reward recognition, performance management on the flip side of that and the HR facets of employee experience that underpin customer experience. And this model became so successful that I'd basically get wheeled out to different clients to go and do this approach that really worked to deliver a return on investment consistently of at least 20%. And that won me the accolade of the first woman to win UK Professional of the Year at the CX Awards the year after Ian Golding. And I think from it was from that moment, really, I started to get noticed as a bit of a, a voice in our industry. 
um, also helped me to get headhunted by Sainsbury's to then go and take what I'd been doing over there, but on a much bigger scale. So talking about, you know, 32 million customers every week, 190,000 employees at the time. And I spent five years in the retail space, initially leading service proposition and taking, I guess, the business from thinking about services, interactions that happened at a contact center or on the shop floor and evolving that into a real customer experience practice across multiple channels, brands, and services. I set up the customer experience design function there from scratch. Um, and then lastly, before I left, I was head of CX. So amazing time. But in 2017, something just came over me that said, you know, my career progression in this big corporate organization was going to mean I'd have to stop doing CX and go and do something more generalist and prove myself to be able to get up to the, the next kind of like management level in, or directorship. And I just didn't really want to. I loved what I did so much. I thought, you know, I've got all this amazing corporate experience, all these amazing brands behind me. Why don't I go and try and, and do this on my own? And I did. So in, in 2017, I became the CX Nomad and set up on my own as a, initially a freelance consultant and keynote speaker. But that evolved into me having my own customer experience design agency where I worked with a fully remote team of associates and I was flying around the world having an amazing time until we all know what happened in 2020 the pandemic hit and I went from having a diary of international speaking events and consulting appointments and workshops to absolutely nothing in my diary pretty much overnight and I guess that's how I ended up here really with women in CX that with no work on I thought I'm going to start this passion project of something to do with women in our industry. I didn't know what it would be. And it started by me reaching out to women that I'd met through social media, like Instagram. We'd liked each other's stuff, but never spoken. And I, I needed the connection myself at the time because whilst the whole world fell apart, so did my personal life. My relationship ended. My housemate moved out. I ended up living alone in lockdown. So I started reaching out to these women and saying, hey, do you fancy going on that newfangled thing, that Zoom thing and having a chat with me? Because <laughs> I didn't, you know, I never used to Zoom ever. <laughs> and I was really, really happy when a lot of them said, said, yeah, why not? Let's, let's, let's hang out. But when we hung out, it was under the premise of let's talk about customer experience. But the conversations were always much more around our whole lives and who we were as women. And we talked about things like racism, homophobia, cancer, child loss. Um, and that's how the podcast was born, was basically me saying to some of these women I'd had the most brilliant conversations I've ever had with, do you fancy doing this in front of people on um, a podcast? And they all said yes. So the podcast, basically, I didn't do anything else um, for six months other than every single week publishing and producing a podcast. <laughs> um, and that led me to um, this awesome opportunity that actually came from a guy, Jonathan Troyer from Officium Labs, who'd been listening to the podcast and said, I think this is amazing what you're trying to do. If I gave you some money, what would you do with it? And I said, Jonathan, I would start a community. So he gave me $10,000. And from that point um, in January, I basically took on the best customer experience design project of my life. Um, built Women in CX with a group of co-founding members. And we've now grown to over 43 countries in just six months so that in a nutshell is my career journey in french i would say chapeau this is really an outstanding outstanding journey and and it's really i think there is already quite a lot of things that 
we can share, we could share, um, having a really successful career to nothing because of pandemic, transitioning, having the strength to start again and build up something that really stand out uh, through all the communities that now are popping, popping up. Uh, Women in CX is one of the best. I am hearing from quite a lot of people. I had today's different discussion also with, with some of the founding members and it's, it's really outstanding what you're doing and, and the commitment that it's behind it. Before we deep dive in how you um, how you are growing the business, uh, how you are creating this business around women in CX. Claire, what are your core values, the values that you try to live every, to live every day? It's interesting because I think my personal values became our community values. <laughs> so authentic, collaborative, courageous and inclusive. That was me and those values have become the same values as our community. And these are really important values. And, uh, and now speaking about, about the community, you started with $10,000 thanks to, to Efficient Labs. And, uh, and now you are really a great community. What is your vision in the long term about this community? Interesting question. Um, so I think more than a vision, we have a clear mission, and that is to empower women across the world to collaborate, support, and inspire one another to shape the future of CX together. In terms of how that plays out, I don't quite know, but this is part of the beauty of building a community through co-design because at each iteration, we're developing our proposition to meet our users where they wanna be met. Sorry, users, I can't call members, users. Oh, <laughs> too many years in customer experience design. Um, uh, meet our members where, where they want to be met. So our, our value proposition is evolving in line with what they're needing at the time. So what you know we started out as was this customer experience design project. As I said, we did this discovery. We sourced people from um, our podcast listener list. We asked them about their challenges their goals, what was holding them back and met this resounding professional loneliness that exists in customer experience. And it was super interesting because when I worked in, in business, even though I was surrounded by people, I did always feel a bit lonely because I think the role of a CX professional quite often is fighting this fight that no one can quite understand why it's so important. Um, and especially for women um, who had their own businesses like I did, especially during the pandemic, the professional loneliness was kind of like multiplied, but also a similar feeling that no one had really found community or the kind of community that they were, were looking for. Um, so our premise was initially, if women feel like there isn't a seat at the table for them, let's build Women in CX as the biggest table on earth and invite people from all different backgrounds, cultures, countries disciplines together to form this first founding group of members um, not as an afterthought not how do we make what we're doing diverse and inclusive but how do we grow from day one with that at the core of, of who we are and, and what we do and I think that's part of the reason we're evolving so rapidly is because we've got such difference in there and such different perspectives and needs that it's enabling us to um, develop it a completely different community proposition than anything else that's been done before. 
Um, it, it's it's make totally totally sense and it sounds because it's what we are discussing we are always doing experience design and you are mentioning that you really create the experience around the community members there are two questions that are popping up but i need to be polite one after the the other question and not two questions at the same time uh, i will park the question around the table because you mentioned that in other podcasts and i would like that you repeat what, what, what the, this this uh, idea around the table but that's the next question the question that i would like to ask is now there are uh, in the cx world but in general are popping up quite a lot of communities and there are a lot of communities with less engagement what i am feeling what i am getting and as information from women in cx is that there is a really big big com commitment not only from the founding members but from the community to collaborate to create to co-create together and to grow this community could you please share the secret ingredients of creating such a successful community? Again, super interesting question because I didn't know how to build a community. I didn't know how to build a platform-based business. All I knew was how to build customer experience. So I just basically took all of those years of working in corporate and consulting and applied it to this situation in the startup. And I'm essentially engineered and a customer insight led discovery that enabled us to design something at a prototype stage that we could bring enough people in to take part in these code design activities um, and workshop together where this needed to go so i so i guess i, I assume that part of the founding member cohesion was driven out of the fact that we did something amazing together we built this thing to, as 30 women you know yeah. um and i and I, I i i like to think that the that the kind of core founding member or the leader group that emerged out of that first few months became this like gravitational force like it, our, our universe that attracted you know more people not only from the outside but from the the new member cohorts in really easily so um we were super conscious that our experience needed to help people feel welcome and included from day one so we just went about setting that challenge with our with our founding members group how are we going to make people feel welcome and included and they came up with all these ideas that um, they went you know were happy to implement on their own and um, as a result that you know you said about kind of commitment and contribution is never something that we've had to work at it's been very organic and very natural but the role modeling i think that newer members see when they arrive there's a culture that's been established that this is just the way that we are we are the most supportive encouraging <laughs> human authentic community that's very happy to be vulnerable with one another and share not only the celebrations, but also the things we're struggling with. But the response that you get as a, as a member or a new member is exactly the same. People will rush to your aid, you know? Um, and the, I think the fascinating thing about our community is we weren't trying to build something that kept members on the inside and they could only network with one another through us. We had, you know, a space on their profiles where they could add their social media handles. So beyond the community meetups or the community activities, women became friends and actually built 
deep and meaningful connections with one another so I suppose I, I say as a founder now like I just built this thing you know <laughs> I just built the first version of it what it's become is because of who is in it this is all down to the women that are filling this community role modeling our values basically and it's just so genuine so I don't think that is something that's a secret that you can copy I think the approach had a lot to do with it but what it is now I think is untaffable <laughs> it's a, a unique moat really for our community a competitive moat not that we're really competing against anybody because there isn't anyone else trying to do a women in CX community but um I don't think I don't think anyone else can kind of replicate that now especially if they started a long time ago or in a different way because you can't really retrofit it either it's come through the natural growth and evolution of the community itself right it's it's make totally sense and it's really i i would say in this case women-centric or customer-centric in order to to create and and build and build this community and you you were speaking about being genuine and in one of your presentation because you are everywhere and i know that that perhaps you cannot remember exactly this discussion and the discussion was with Mary Dremont on her podcast, uh, Voices of CX, and you were making an example. It's not about um, exchanging people at one table, but making the table bigger, bigger that also mm -hmm. women can sit there. And you were there mm -hmm. sharing shocking, because, and I repeat, really shocking uh, statistics that there are more male CEO with the name Cold. John or Jack. John. Uh, John, yeah. <laughs> John compared compared to to women and the other statistic that you were sharing was around how many uh, women uh, finished the studies and how many women then are really sitting in in the boardrooms and for me it's also because I would like to to, to use this this podcast also to share this knowledge to share the reality and and to make also other people learn about this this extremely important topic could you please elaborate a bit why it makes sense to uh, enlarge this table create bigger tables that more people can sit there Mm, okay so i'm gonna think how to answer this in the best way so i think explaining the analogy of the table for anybody who doesn't know um you might hear the phrase like there's no room for women at the table or even within female uh conversations that if there is a woman at the table she's going to hold on damn tight to it because she's probably the only one with a seat there so as i said in our research it was very clear especially in male dominated environments that, that actually customer experience is becoming with the increased relationship with technology. A lot of CX teams are now part of IT teams or, um, you know, interfacing much more with, with technology type roles. Um, so when I say like build a bigger table, it's not one where any woman would ever feel like she needs to protect her seat. We just pull up another one for the next person, for the next, for the next woman. We bring as many of us together as we can because we believe in the power of female leadership being able to guide the future of things like customer experience and, and business and human-centered business. So that's where that comes from. <laughs> and then some of the statistics we were talking about was, um, yeah, I talked about, you know, more women graduate college, but they don't end up in the senior roles. You know, that's a problem in of itself, but in the customer experience or customer service industry, the workforce is 70% female, 70%. But when you get to management and supervisory level, that drops to 38. And then when you get to leadership, it drops to 12. So 
that just does not make sense, does it? <laughs> Where are the opportunities going? And then when you look at technology, the same is true. So if you look at the percentage of women in, let's say, artificial intelligence, that's around 12%. Developers, something similar to that. Women in IT, 17% of the total population. And then you look at investors, 99% of investors are white men. So <laughs> women are only 1%. So where these decisions are being made about particularly technology, technology and customer experience, investment decisions, it is a very male-dominated conversation. And imagine in that table again, there are very few women sitting at it. So, um, so a lot of the work we've been doing recently as a community for example, CX Day, it was our first Wix Day as well. Uh, we got together and we held these in-person and online events to actually to start to really talk about this and unpick, you know, presented the data and the information that we knew about um, CX, CX, the state of it and the record number of complaints citing a lack of humanity and service, this data points around women and or the lack of women in these roles and the, the career progression not happening particularly in customer experience and within um technology itself and started to ask why and we're uncovering you know yes there are these external barriers that are put in the way of women because um, of things like gender bias maybe or um, women have to have a track record to get promoted whereas men get promoted on potential but these are the facts <laughs> But, but I think where we're hitting against, especially um, in the conversations in the community, is how much women have internalized these barriers as well. So in fact, we're actually holding ourselves back. So we won't apply for the jobs unless we've got 99% of the criteria. That's not something that men struggle with. We hear this word imposter syndrome appearing everywhere, you know, not feeling brave enough to um, step up and ask for more. We see the gender pay gaps like in CX, like the, the pay gap at 44, I think it was like 13%. Women are getting paid 13% less, but we take if we choose to have children, we have to take career breaks, you know, like how, how but men don't earn less money just because they've had children. Like, and and that just doesn't seem really that fair. So um it's super interesting, but we're already starting to see women in our community standing up for themselves going to the board and saying actually I think we can tie CX to business outcomes here I think we can build a pillar that's about customer experience and brand strategy actually um, you, you want to bring these teams together I want to be the person to lead that team and this is the reason why and we're seeing people getting promoted getting pay rises um, getting their strategies listened to and um, learning from like one another how to get around it and the only other thing like I said today is there aren't that many women who've walked the path. So if you think about, you know, female CEOs as the example of female uh, board level directors, there aren't that many women mentors to be able to find out how to do that. So, you know, being able to have women at different stages of their career who fought some of these battles and are happy to share their battle scars and how they got them, the good, the bad and the ugly. Again, you know, I learned probably way more by messing things up, <laughs> failing repeatedly um than I ever did when I got things right but if I can share more of those stories with women that are you know, tackling similar challenges in customer experience or their careers more broadly they can pick something up and be like ah right okay I've now got a tool to go navigate that conversation or 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 you know that kind of thing so that's why I think it's important and having female only spaces I always get pulled up on where are the men it can't be diverse and inclusive if there aren't any men in, in women in CX 
but I think women do need safe spaces to meet and collaborate and share together so much as we have men uh, who are our faculty academy leaders so they come in and they give us webinars and they help us out and we have conversations about men and women I don't ever see women in CX becoming a space that has men in the social network <laughs> um, but we would love to think how women in CX can help to influence external groups and hold sessions for how can uh, men be more aware of female leadership challenges and how to nurture and support more women through their careers and I think we're growing such a powerful platform of people that actually we're not that far away from being able to influence these things more broadly. Yes, and I think the, the, the automatic question that, that, that I have now, it's on one side, how can we help? Because you are mentioning it, it's, it's women in CX and also male can help some support. Is there a specific way or should people contact you if they would like to, to help support growing this community? Um, yeah, I suppose that hopefully just hearing this podcast has perhaps made some people a bit more aware of the inequalities that exist when it comes to gender and um, if you dig a little deeper when you start to mix in other intersectional inequalities with that of, of race and gender so race and disability sexual orientation those margins get even lower for people and women in um, in those kinds of roles so hopefully this is just a starting point to maybe question when you look around the room how many women are at the decision-making table where you are and what needs to change in order to help to facilitate that. So again, you know, just taking that customer experience approach that we're all so familiar with, can you talk to some women in your organization? Maybe, can you maybe talk to your women at home, your sisters, your mothers, your aunties, just ask them about life experience and try to get a little more connected um, to some of the struggles that you may not be aware of and when it comes to taking action, um, like there aren't, as I said, there aren't enough female mentors to go around. Um, a lot of the time, I think there's nervousness or reticence about men mentoring women. I think it's a, a brilliant thing. So perhaps, you know, even considering what women are in my organization, they've been identified as potential. And actually, if I was to choose to give some of my time to helping them, sponsoring and supporting them, that would be what creates um, change within the organizations. That's what guys can do, but <laughs> I, I, I mean, I would say, yay! <laughs> no, and it's and it's great, and I can tell you know you've always been such a vocal supporter of, of what we're doing over here, and we really value and appreciate that 100. percent um, We're really excited to to be starting to partner with some organisations who have huge platforms where they want women in CX to become part of their events, to host roundtable discussions with their groups of customers and their women and their men. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I guess if anybody's interested in their own diversity and inclusion agenda and how women in CX might be able to help either through providing membership for your employees or some kind of partnership, as I said, you know, with these things like events, then I'd love to I hear from you. Please do get in touch anytime. <laughs> in touch directly with you or is there uh, some contact details that you can share on this podcast and we will put them on the show notes yeah well you can contact me on linkedin anytime um, i'll definitely pass on my details for direct contact but also anyone who just wants to join any women out there who think oh this sounds like it could be great just head to www.womenincx.community 
And on our landing page, you'll see a link to sign up to our introductory events. And you can come along and find out a bit more, meet some founding members, um, get immersed in the Women in CX vibe and that magic that I mentioned. You're more than welcome to come along anytime. Perfect. Thank you very much. And now in, in the last part of this discussion, we would know a bit more about you. The first question I would like to ask is, is there a book that you would like to suggest to the audience related to what we discussed or related to CX? Oh, gosh. Um, well, yeah. So uh, of all the CX books that have ever been written, um, the only two that I really ever recommend to anybody is Matt Watkinson. Hold up to the camera here. <laughs> the 10 principles behind great customer experiences. And that's a really great starting point. And the second book, actually, The Grid. Um, it's not just about customer experience, but, but business more broadly. But um, I think this one <laughs> is your follow-up one. Um, but this is much more about refining and developing product ideas, identifying the root cause of business challenges. If you understand the principles, then being able to engage the business side of thinking behind that, these two are very complimentary. Um, and then the other one, that's just because it's on my desk at the moment, is Gap Selling by Keenan. Um, and for anyone who struggles to sell customer experience to their C-suite, to their executives, to ever pitch to anyone why some kind of change needs to happen, you need to read this book because there is a certain amount of science behind identifying the gap to fill that customer experience can certainly fill. But if we go in with an approach of trying to tell people what CX can do versus identifying the gap that it can fill, we're always going to end up coming up short. So yeah, so they're my three. Um, the 10 principles behind great customer experiences and the green, the green, and gap selling by Keenan. Thank no you. Having three. <laughs> it's perfect. It's more value for the, for the audience. And it was really a great discussion, a valuable discussion. And now we have additional value from these three books. And therefore, we are coming also to the last question I would like to ask you. And this is Claire Golden Nugget. It's something that we discussed or something new that you would like to leave to the audience. Oh, gosh. Um, so we talked about so much today. I don't even know. Um, I guess just you know, remember what you're doing all of this for. The purpose behind any organization should always be about providing the maximum amount of value they can to the people within it, whether that's the customer or the employee. And yeah, really, realistically, it's hard to do but if you take a step back and you stay focused on that delivering value to humans the results honestly will take care of themselves and you know some of the stats that we've had coming out of the community like 88 nps 90 percent contribution rate 60 percent daily average users <laughs> um, nines out of 10 for feeling welcome and included on all the key kpis that we know we're going to make this community sustainable we never focused on any of that any of the numbers or even what where, like, you know, the first question we ask is, what's the vision? Where are you going? <laughs> We've invested entirely in this idea of creating value and listening and, and heading in the direction that we need to go in based on the humans within our organization. So I would say, think about people, the results will take care of themselves. 
Thank you very much. This was really a great golden nugget. It was clear golden nuggets. Therefore, no comment from my side. The only thing that I can say is thank you very much for your time. It was outstanding to have you on the Seek Goalkeeper podcast. Thank you, Claire. No, thank you so much for inviting me. And, and thank you to the audience for listening. Thank you very much. And I hope also that the audience enjoyed as much this discussion as I did because it was really outstanding. I will share in the show notes all the relevant links and I can conclude saying, please, please, let's support women in CX. It's really extremely important and <coughs> it makes businesses more successful if we have also women at the board tables. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it. Share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human environment. Thank you!